everyone, I'm Rob Warner. And I'm Elliot Jackson. And this is Just Ride, a new cycling podcast from Red Bull. Let's go. It is one of the gods of Canadian mountain biking. Red Tipping! <laughs> I went from making 15 cents a tree to making $100,000 a year. Really even jump off a 25 foot cliff, let alone do a backflip uh, off it. It moved on. Like yeah, that. you know, yeah, and I yeah. wasn't the man anymore, so no. it was really tough for me. I don't know what's going on either, but yeah, I'm just like, going to go with it. Today, we have a very special guest, a man who is one of the pioneering members of the sport of freeride mountain biking and later events like Red Bull Rampage. A man who, to me, is one of the godfathers, one of the OGs of freeride mountain biking, which all started here in BC. I believe it started in Vancouver with the North Shore. It is one of the gods of Canadian mountain biking, Brett Tippett! <laughs> <laughs> Have you wow. ever been described as a god before? That was wow. good. I was happy with that. Yeah, no, that's good. Yeah, that's a good intro. I've never had a god before, but for Bob Warner, okay. Then. Is, that, is, is that the best intro you've ever had? I think that's the best one I've ever had. You we picked it right it. up. Just off yeah. the cuff, too. Right. Was yours, Elliot? Boom. No, mine. First take. Yeah. Mine was first take. Yours was third. <laughs> <laughs> Tippy, tell us about yours. How do you introduce yourself? What's I don't like think you. Re- most people. I don't think you really need to introduce yourself to many people. They not. They probably hear you coming like 50, yeah, 60 meters do. away, <laughs> and then you know they warm up. By the time they've got, you've got to them. Yeah, I reckon we know who you are. There. Yeah, I reckon so, mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like yeah. that. I like that. Yeah. I mean, you. I feel like more than anything, like we're already laughing. We've been laughing for the last 30 minutes before we even started the podcast. You're known for this infectious laugh. Did you ever think about doing stand up or anything like that? Yeah, like, I where did that come from? Did you? Did. Yeah, and they told me I had to add a letter E to the end and improve. Uh, okay. <laughs> but you can see how it, it'd be such an easy clear pathway for you with, with jokes like that. You couldn't really fail. Yeah, I always wanted to be a comedian, but. Um, they won't take me seriously. <laughs> I see. I see. Where the, how Let's long, get away from the jokes. Quick. How long have you been coming to Whistler? I've been coming here since uh, 1988 was my first time. And I was at the um, Calgary Olympics. And I hitchhiked here. And I got here. And I, I snowboarded. And I ran out of money for lift tickets. And eventually I camped up on the mountain and camped. What, in the winter? Yeah. You did not. Yeah, and uh, snowboarded here for free. Well, that's it's interesting because no, I, just, I just got on the lift for free. A bunch of people, well, we all know you from mountain biking, but take us back to snowboarding because that was your original sport. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, this is that was my prime um, sport. That was the main thing that I was into, and I started snowboarding uh, in 1981, the same year I started mountain biking. But I hand built a How old snowboard you? board. I was, uh, I guess, I was like 12 years old. Okay, and uh, I made it out of plywood and I didn't know how to curve the nose so I made wooden steps and sanded it and I was making this little tiny 150 centimeter board and it was funny because my dad came down and he's checking out what I was making and he goes can I give you some advice and I'm like sure and he goes go downtown there's a consignment store get a mono ski put the bunnies on it sideways use some soft ski boots and then you'll have a way better board with p-tacks and edges and I'm like ha, 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 ha. dad I know what I'm doing I know what I'm doing I need it to be short and fat and wood and I had strips of rubber BMX tires for bindings Really? Ten years later, I was racing World Cup on an exact same prototype 
Burton board that was exactly what my dad was telling me no to make way. 10 years yeah. earlier. So you raced, he was ahead of his time. You raced snowboards at World Cup level. I was... Uh, I know that, man. Yeah, I cracked the top 10 a bunch of times. No way! Like, In slalom or what? A giant slalom. Is that what you giant did? Giant slalom, yeah. Were you a hard boot snowboarder? I was a hard booter. I was a soft booter and a hard booter. I don't know what that means. That changes everything. What so does that mean? It's, it's like being clipped leather in boots. on a mountain bike, oh. bro. Yeah, it's like clipped in and, and flat pedals, kind of. <laughs> yeah. So the leather boots, you have more freedom, you know, usually better for freestyle and doing tricks and riding powder. And hard boots are like really soft ski boots, better for carving and edging. Uh, and I, I live, both. you'd be known as a Euro carver. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, like one of those dudes is like just flat on the snow, you know? Like, All right, laid right over. We call them mega carves or Euro carves. Euro carves. And uh, that's what I was into for a long time. I got 11th in the world championships twice and I cracked the top 10 six times. And no, uh, why? I almost made the Olympics. The really? top four Canadians get to go, top four Americans, top four of any country got to yeah. go. And uh, I was fourth in Canada for three years in a row, and I thought I was going, but then they changed the criteria to uh, time trials, four races right before the Olympics. Yeah. And then um, I went and I got a third, and then I got a fourth, and I'm like, oh yeah, here we go. And I screwed up a toe turn, and I went back to sixth, and there was one race left, and I was like, in the gate, like this is my Olympic dream, doot, 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 pulling out, having a wicked run halfway down. Some kid that was training on the next course over, cutting underneath the rope and was going across the course. And I'm like, move, move, move. Well, three gates away and he moved, but he dropped his aluminum pole on my run. And I went across it with my toe edge, dulled my edge. And for the rest of the run, it's like heel turn, heel turn, it was pure ice. I missed it by two tenths of a second. Wow. And another guy went to the Olympic side of me. Does that still keep you awake now? Yeah, it drives me crazy. Oh my God. Could have been famous. I well, you are famous. <laughs> Racing World Cup was uh, the impetus for me to start free riding because in the summer, I was a low budget guy. I was planting trees for 15 cents a tree to save money for Is that what you were doing? Form. What pine trees here for the Pine trees, birch Wait, trees, so there's jobs trees. that pay you more than 15 cents for a tree. Like, was there some sort of... Well, no, if you go plant 2,000 trees, you're going to make 400 bucks or wow, 300 bucks, right, 500 okay. bucks. Like, you're making hundreds of dollars a day and you save it up and then you can go, you know, not so have to work in the it? winter. That's Planting Trees. Planting trees. That I planted so 120,000 trees a year yeah. for like How nine many? years. 120,000. So I planted what? over a million trees. What? Yeah. And you come out of there with like muscles and places most people don't have places. And uh, so, but at the same time, I need to save that money for racing. So a lot of my competitors from Europe and from the States and from around the world were going down to South America or to New Zealand to train or to the stupid like glacier in Europe. And I couldn't afford to do that or else I'd blow my money for winter. So I used to take my snowboard up to the top of these gravel pits and then snowboard down these gravel pits. Not really. And carve it up. And, oh and if you crash, you'd lose a lot of skin and you'd be cut. And so you didn't crash after a while. And so why did huh. you end up stopping competing? Like, why didn't you try to push for the Olympics again? Did you just get over it? You or? know what? I kind of got into mountain biking and then um, I kind of started getting paid better mountain biking. Hmm. You know, and... Um, you and know. did the... Did the so you say you did snowboarding and, you know, even back then it was people throwing themselves on cliffs on snowboards, right? That was like the, the free ride element of it. But it didn't sound like you came from that because that would have crossed over right. to what you do in mountain yeah, biking. Yeah, no, but I still did a bit of that. And I was in a bunch of movies, Christian Bajen movies and whatnot. And I wrote for Burton. So I was in some Burton movies and whatnot. Um, I wrote for Burton for like uh, almost 10 years. That's sick. That was my dream. Yeah. That was like yeah. Yeah. the company to ride for. Yeah, yeah. Right. And um, Basically, I just kind of started taking my bike down these gravel pits that I was snowboarding down, and I'd jump off 12, 15 foot cliffs on my snowboard. Still so early I, 80s, right? Or a little yeah, bit later the on? Yeah, the late 80s. Yeah, because the and bikes weren't 90s. good in the early 80s. No. Right? You probably couldn't jump <laughs> them off anything. No, you'd, yeah, you'd break them off going yeah, through. Yeah. I, would have, I would have thought that you would have gone straight to racing mountain bikes, though. Yeah, you know, I'd been racing for 10 years, and I spent so much time and money in Europe and across the States and in Japan and yeah. New Zealand Snowboarding, and stuff. yeah. I was over racing yeah. and I just wanted to free ride. 
And it was so much fun, and it was such a new thing. And I, and I knew it was going to explode because I saw the skiers go from racing, racing, racing. And with the Greg Stump movie, Blizzard of Oz changed the whole skiing world. The free riding thing was happening. Yeah. And with like Totally Bored series of snowboarding, when, I saw wait, them go so from racing to free riding. Before we move on from the Greg Stump, you crashed the set? How did that... Like, that, well, that was... <laughs> that's a story in itself. That was a little bit later, but that was 1995. <laughs> okay. So all this action was happening in the 80s. But by 1995, um, bikes were getting a little bit better. And I was down here actually snowboarding at Blackcomb, and I ran into Greg Stump, who made the cool ski movies at the time. Really cool stories and good music and whatnot. And he's like, Debbie, how's the happiest man in sports doing? I'm like, doing awesome. And he goes, I got a question for you. Do you know anyone who can do a 360 on a mountain bike? And I'm like, no, but I saw Richie do, Richie Slay do a 360 on a BMX yesterday at the skate park. He could probably do one on a mountain bike. And he's like, okay, thanks. Well, I was tree planting months later, you know, in deep as in the woods. Do. As you do. As you do. And um, Did you like tree planting? <laughs> Uh, I like the money and I like how fit you got, but the bugs, there's so many gnarly bugs in the back. It wasn't about being in the forest on your own or anything. No, like no. It was like, you're working <laughs> well, just hard. Just interesting. And you gotta just, you gotta plant a tree every 10 seconds. You're just hustling. Oh, it's like that. Yeah, so it's piecework, right? Yeah, yeah. But I heard a rumor that Greg Stump was sending a cameraman to film Richie Slade do a 360 and make a, make a mountain bike movie in Kamloops. And I was like 40Ks in the woods outside and I'm like, I have to be there. I'm gonna poach that shoot. Be, he's a BMXer. I'm a mountain biker. And so all of a sudden my buddy says, Tippy, we're going to town. You need a ride? <laughs> Ran to the vehicle, got in the vehicle. The next day I showed up, Richie did his 360, stomped it. And then uh, we partied for a bit. And then <laughs> he went to do another one. He got off access and he drove the bar and he didn't even take his hands off the handlebars. He drove his face into the ground. The one that he stomped was out of focus. And back then it was filmed, so it had to be sent in. Right. It developed. Yeah, you yeah, see it right yeah, away. Yeah. And then in this movie, they only put in the one where he put his face into the ground. So after that, they were like, okay, well, we got that. They did some single track. And they're like, well, what are we going to do now? And I'm like, well, let me show you something gnarly. And they're like, well, what? And I go, we're going to go, like, we didn't have the word free ride then. We called right. it riding steeps. Let's right. go ride some steeps. And they're like, okay. So me and my buddy Craig Olson took him to the, where the bike ranch is, the parking lot in Kamloops. And there's all these steep, gnarly lines. And I took him out there and we're like, I'm going to ride down that. And we've been riding those since the 80s. And they're like, no. And we're like, yeah. And they're like, no. And I'm like, yeah. So I went up there. But we had, had to use a specialized bike, and they only had two. And uh, Derek Westland, who made all the New World Order movies, was there, and they had the two bikes, but they weren't going to do that. And so I took the bikes, but it was a size small, little hardtail, tiny little specialized M2. And I went to the top of this thing, and my buddy Craig wrote a line, and I went to a gnarlier line to the left with a steep ent entrance. And I was like, I have actually never gone this steep before, but this is for a Greg Stump movie. <laughs> I'm hanging on no matter what. If this kills me, I'm hanging on. So I'm like, three, two, one. And I dropped in and I broke traction. And all of a sudden I was like getting bounced. And then all of a sudden I was swapping left and right. And I went through the bumps and all of a sudden I hung on and did the rodeo ride. And I rode it at the bottom. What? Hit the ditch. Bang. Bent the front wheel into the frame. Folded the forks. Stepped off the bike. Look at the camera and he's like. <laughs> little French Canadian. He's like. Oh my God! Okay, you're in the movie, <laughs> and that was it. And so that, then that was that the movie. was the beginning of so your career. So that was in a movie career. called Pulp, uh, Pulp Traction. That is, so and that was like the, the moment that free riding began on film. And so, it what yeah. what do you think it was about BC and Canada that made that allowed it to be the birthplace? Like there was there was people riding mountain bikes over in you know the UK and and yeah. everything, but it, I know what it is exactly what it is. What there it was, was a bunch of different things, a bunch of different factors. In general, BC has logging roads everywhere. 
So you can go up deep into the mountains with easy access off a nicely well-built road. That takes wiles, though, in that Scotland. hundreds of thousands of dollars and millions of dollars to make, mm. and you can build trails down through the woods. Yeah. Right. And Canada specifically, I think that was one of the birthplaces of extreme, we call it extreme riding back then, free riding, is because Canada used to be a lake. Now it's just a river, so there's all these 300-foot clay bluffs everywhere. Right. And if you pile it and drive your face into the ground, you're going to get up and dust yourself off as opposed to here or anywhere else where it's rocks and you're going to be needing stitches and new teeth. So you could try things there and get away with it and go up and do it again, dust yourself off, ha, 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 and then do it again and again and again. That still is, lost teeth, but... Yeah, that is know, really interesting. I remember it's, when... It's not as dangerous. But is that catalyst enough for, like, Canada to basically own free ride, which mm. is what's happened? Yeah. Pretty much for all time until perhaps recent times, in slope style, you know, that yeah. genre of, of mountain biking that has been... Can I, not downhill, that's that's now, that's yeah, changed. Right. But only recently, really, but, you know, Canada has run free ride as far as I'm concerned. There's been you more know, competitors. The big names you can mention yeah. after you, like. There was, there's more competitors uh, from BC and Rampage than any other place, hmm. from this little condensed place. Yeah. And Counts itself, I think, has um, a strong free ride heritage because it's a blue collar town. It's tough. There's like mining, logging, ranching. People are tough. Like the general people are tough. Yeah. It's kind of a scrappy place. And if you want to kiss a pretty girl there, you got to be a gnarly dude. <laughs> and there's lots of gnarly dudes, so you kind of like got to like up your, up your gnarliness. Yeah. Yeah, and then yeah. that transfers over into sports as well. Yeah. And so all my crazy friends from the old days, they're nuts. Like like Bob Siv, Randy Walsh, Coming Lance Anderson, Craig Olson. Yeah. What These was guys the, are gnarly. What like, was the vibe like with you guys in that in that pack? Like who who was there? Just what wait to see the doing? Nothing's for Free movie. They've got some <laughs> early footage that I, I gave to them. Yeah. It was like really cool, but. You know, there'd be stories, and I'd see things of people like just ragdolling down mountains, and they'd hike right back up, blue collar toughness, like I'm sticking this line, and they'd hike back up, and then guys <laughs> would be like, like one particular instance, my friend Bob Sib, one of the best national athletes I ever knew, crazy blonde dreads, no helmets, and he's trying to ride this shoot called the Scar, and uh, Craig Olson and I were the first guy to ever clean it. Craig Olson cleaned the, the steep part. I rolled the whole thing to the top of the bottom. But back then, no one had ever made it. And we kept trying it for years. And the, all these guys were crashing down it. And the sieve, he went down to the S part. And he goes down steep, does an S. And he jacked the front end and got you know, thrown over the bars. And he'd step over the bars. Twice it happened. The third time, all these rednecks are sitting there. We're wearing rugby pants and button-up shirts. No helmets, you know. <laughs> yeah. 80s, right? Late 80s, mid-80s. Yeah, that's right. But it wasn't no gear, was it? Right, really? no, exactly. Yeah. And bullwinkle handlebars, cantilever brakes, like 21-inch Nothing bikes, Right. They were like, absolutely... The tires felt like plastic. Oh, my God. The third time, all these rednecks are like, faster, Bob! Faster! Less brakes! You got it, Bob! You got it! And he's going down there. His blonde dreads are flying. And he gets to the <laughs> F-bar and he goes a little bit faster. And he makes a pass where he did the furthest anyone's ever made it. And then he jacks the front end and he goes to step over the bars like he did the first two times. And when he goes to step over the bars, the bike jacks up and twists and the frame and the front wheel pinch his leg. And he can't, he's, he's stepping over it, but he steps with the bike and he goes to step again and he's gone 12 feet, 15 feet. And now he realizes that he's attached to the bike and he grabs the bike and dives headlong down this like 50 degree chute and just goes. And all these redneck dudes are standing there on the side of the cliff like. Ah, 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 ah. Bob, Bob, Siv, Bob. And the dust is like slowly swirling up the chute and the dust clears and all you see Bob stand up. <laughs> That's enough for me! 
no way. He survived it. He lived. Yeah, he lived. He lived. Yeah. It was, it was nice. It was crazy times. And, uh, you know, people would lose teeth and with lots of stitches. It was a nice broken, time, though, wasn't it, and... Tippy? Because it was like the pioneering days of mountain bike. And I was, you know, I wasn't like you doing free ride. I was doing downhill. But like you say, like the equipment was so bad. Oh. But it was, and but you did, there was, I think there was a, certainly a definite camaraderie yeah. sort of at the races. Because like, my equipment would fail. You couldn't get to the bottom of a downhill. And, Obviously, for free ride, right, it's moved on massively, probably perhaps even more than down as the equipment's got better. Yeah, yeah. for sure. And what back you then, you would see, like for myself being so early in snowboarding and mountain biking, if I saw another snowboarder or a mountain biker back in, the sport was so new, right. I would pull right over and be like, oh my God, a mountain biker, dude, how's it going? And you'd be instant brothers, right? Yeah. And then as it became more mainstream, like, you know, you see another skier now, you're just another skier on the right. side of the road. You yeah. see another mountain biker, it's just another dude out there, right? Another yeah. girl, right? But back then, it was such a rare thing. You see someone else that was doing your sport, you were like drawn to them and you were like, what's up? Holy man. Hi, I'm Brad. Who are you? Where are you from? And it was like a, a crazy new thing that you were a part of. Yeah, it, yeah, it was cool, wasn't it? Yeah. Right. Did it yeah. seem, how did you view it when it started to get professionalized, right? Like you guys started to get sponsors. It was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I went from making 15 cents a tree to making $100,000 a year. Which to me is big money. Yeah, that's a lot, lot of money, money for right? sure. A lot yeah. of money. For sure. And I was like, in the 90s or whenever it was. Yeah, you know? oh my so God, what were you guys, drinks for everybody. <laughs> what were you guys doing? Like, I, I guess, you, like, what was your year like back then? So back then it was a lot easier than being a pro now because back then you would do like well, the one big movie year was cranked. So you had to be on for like one or two days that you're going to film and then you had to do a couple photo shoots, two or three photo shoots and if they were good, you just kick back and party and rest and ride and re relax and then shred and you just, you know, now you have to do an Instagram post every day or two, yeah. three posts a day. You got to come mm -hmm. up with so many edits a year. You've got so many different podcasts and this and that and everything mm -hmm. to do. You got to work hard to be a pro these days. Back then, you, you kick ass a few times a year you're covered for the year, yeah. you know? And everything was so new. There's so many edits now online that it's like- You can't like, keep up with it. You can't keep yeah. up no, with it. No, that's right. There used to be about four VHS a year and you'd make <laughs> yeah, sure you'd buy true. one and watch it, right? Yeah. But now right. it's daily. Yeah. It's there. You can see what, yeah, that's right. It's, it's, it's a very different- Rob, kind of, what did you think, like seeing what was happening in Canada back then? I, do you know what? My real earliest thought of, uh, my earliest memories of Vancouver are really would be North Shore. Right, and actually scratching my bloody head going, what on earth are these Canadians, what are they doing? Like, why would you want to build something this narrow? Like <laughs> 20 feet up. Yeah, what, what, I, I've, and to this day, I would never ride my bike on North Shore. I'm scared of heights. It seems like the most- And it's wet and slippery. It seems like the daftest thing you could ever do on a push bike, man. Yeah, so it, can you, I don't can get you it. Get can you really explain But North that? Shore was a movement, right? I mean, it was- It, it was. was. In Europe, it was almost the Canadian free ride movement. To me, it was, you know, like right. these nutters jumping big shit, dropping off cliffs and, and riding across skinnies like 40 foot in the air. It was, yeah, on bikes with vertical headsets, head angles, so that right. they could, you know, they could land better from 60 feet. You know, it was, yeah, well, you know, it was, it was hucking, wasn't it? It was, it was different. It was, Can yeah. you explain like the difference between what you did and then I guess really what, four or five hours away, like in Three North and a half when you drive fast. And <laughs> as, as you would, I'm sure. Like, explain the difference and then, like, how, what is that style of riding? Like, what is Rob talking about when he's talking about these little skinnies? So, the 
the forest in the western side of BC is very dense and very lush, very Jurassic Park, because the storms came in off the Pacific and they hit the mountains and boom! Apparently they, they we're, in like crazy. Forest in we're in a rainforest in Whistler. Yeah, right did here. you know that? No. Yeah, no, yeah no, that's crazy. It's on the side of those mountains. Yeah, apparently it's no actually, this is actually a rain. Really? Well, it is yeah. at the moment. Oh, I see. <laughs> and so Vancouver is right on the coastline, but they've got big mountains right there. So it comes, the storms come in, they dump you know, all the rain yeah. and it's just lush and wet and damp and foggy green. and green. And, and then they, they dump their load and they go up and over and they go up and over Kamloops. And Kamloops is the only desert in Canada, up and down the Okanagan Valley. And we've right? got sagebrush, we've got cactus, we got rattlesnakes, we got scorpions. It's like, it's like a little strip of desert. And then by Revelstoke, the, the um, clouds pick up all the rivers and rain moisture and it starts dumping again by Revelstoke. So we have that strip of desert, but right here on the coast and further down in North Vancouver, it's super lush and wet. And so a lot of the places where you tried to ride, when you ran out of rocks and, and trail to ride, it would be like a swamp. And so they were building slats and putting down wood, and there's all this wood falling over everywhere because it's always in a state of composition and whatnot, yeah. decomposition. And they'd make these little bridges. And guys like Dangerous Dan and Digger started making elevated uh, bridges and stuff to ride on. It was kind of cool, kind of techy, kind of challenging. Uh -huh. And then they just went crazier and crazier and higher and skinnier as you got better and better. And right. you got used and to then it. it got attention globally. I can't tell you how much that was free ride to me, seeing, right. seeing rock blokes. Yeah, it blew yeah. up. And there's North Shore trails everywhere in the world now. Right. Yeah, there are. Yeah. yeah. That's so right. free riding you know, began in Kamloops, but it wasn't very far behind in the North Shore. And actually, my wife, who grew up down the street from the Deep Cove Bike Store, which was the first bike store in Canada that allowed mountain biking, she saw the guys come back from Marin and take the first mountain bikes off the truck into the store. The first mountain bikes in Canada. And what Deep, sort of year Deep was that? Cove, that would have been like uh, 80, 1980. No way. Yeah. No way. Or even 79, they had like the Cook Brothers Fat Tired Cruisers. Yeah. Which if you can right? get one, are like 30 grand now to get one. Is that wow. right? Yeah. So you had mountain bikes really but like five, the guys, six, seven, eight years before we had anything right. actually in right. Europe. You did. We didn't yeah. really have them right. until the very late 80s. Well, the first mountain well, bikes were made in 73 no. with like Otis Guy and, and Charlie Kelly. we had them in the UK. Huh. Yeah, Gary Fisher and those guys. And I actually rode with them with Hans Ray last year on the Repack Downhill, the first downhill in the world. Yeah. And they brought their bikes off the shelf from 1973, 1976. No they had no helmets. They wore their clothes from back in those days, the, the brown hiking boots, the jeans, oh, the button-up shirts. And me and Hans rode with the, the legends, the, the, the clunkers, on the repack. It was so trippy. It was like going back in time. Oh, yeah. I bet. But uh, Chaz Romalis, who ran the Deep Cove bike store in Deep Cove in North Vancouver, brought these early mountain bikes back, late 70s, early 80s, and sold them out of the Deep Cove bike store. And like I say, my wife, Sarah Fenton, watched them roll off the truck, and then mountain biking was born in Canada, and it spread from there. And uh, in 1981, Specialized came out with the first uh, mass produced. Californians are going to have something to say about <laughs> that statement you just said. Oh, no, they were first. Marin County, they had them ah, first. That's yeah. they were built. Yeah, but that's then, right. Gary Fisher. We were, yeah, well, that's right. right. Gary I mean, Fisher, the guys you yeah, mentioned, yeah. they were Mike yeah. Senior yeah. for Specialized. Yeah. But we, we are, Chaz and the boys from the D4 Bikes Store brought them up from California right. to Deep Cove and, and began the I first see. one in Canada. Yeah, in Canada. You in spread Canada. it here. Yeah. yeah. And, and so. And the free ride bug spread with it right and it spread there yeah, yeah. And not racing like started in Europe crazy in the things. Right. and then in the north shore they're doing crazy things and you know after they saw there was an article in bike magazine called sick bc's uh free riders do it wilder and crazier than anyone in the world or something like that and then the north shore guys were like hey we're doing some pretty crazy stuff too and they sent in a letter i think it was dangerous dan and they went, oh, yeah, what do you got? And then they sent a photographer there, and they were like, oh, this is pretty <laughs> you crazy. You guys are going pretty wild. Right. <laughs> so that blew up. And then um, just like then the Kootenays had guys, you know, that eventually popped out of the woodwork, like Robbie Borden and, yeah. and whatnot. And, and so then what has it been like seeing 
the events pop up because you were one of the first, you were part of one of the first Red Bull Rampage. I was actually at a free ride event in Utah before Red Bull Rampage. And so what is that? And like, uh, Crispy one. Because, yeah, because that was that really was, the... Yeah, like, it was like a smaller version of Bender. That was a competition <laughs> of what you guys had been doing for the right. past. Right. So how did you think of it? I thought it was kind of weird because free riding to me was always the absence of competition. Mm -hmm. Free riding was when you're just going jam with your friends, trying new technical lines, and just riding for fun. Yeah. Competition was competition. Free riding was free riding. So to have a free riding competition seemed to me like a... Like a, a catch twenty two or a clash, you know, a, a clash. Yeah, right? Yeah, right, yeah. But I still thought it was cool, and so I went down to the freeride competition. And Crispy and I, who won, both tried to clear a double rock, and he made it, and I what? clipped it, and I ragdolled into the rocks. What did it look like? It this, was well, this freeride competition. Flat landings. What was bunch it? Of rocks. It was rocks and drops. Kind rocks of, and drops. Of, pick your own flat line. Landings. Right. Try yeah. to be like literally free riding. Find a way down a mountain, sort of thing. Free ride down through the desert. Yeah, and they was, had the general yeah. course markings on the way outside, but you know, like like 50 meters wide, and just make your own way. And so now, no what clock. do you what do you think about it now? And one interesting question too is like, do you think that there is more risk being taken now than you know back in the day when you guys were? Well, yes and no, but because then we just kicked a few rocks out of the way and like, I'm going to ride here. And the bikes weren't really ready and the bikes would break anytime you could snap a bar, yeah. bottom brackets, you'd nut yourself, the, fuel, the wheels would fold. It was risky because we didn't know exactly what worked. It was kind of the unknown and we didn't know if the bikes would take it. Same in downhill. So they're yeah. going way bigger and way faster and yes, it's gnarlier, but at the same time, they're all dialed. They've all grown up watching this in video and we're learning from their friends and their older brother and right. their favorite pros and whatnot. So it's more of a dialed thing where you know that if you land on both wheels down the slope, you're going to be okay, mostly yeah. okay. The bike's going to take it, you're going to be okay. So yes and no, it's gnarlier, they're going bigger, but at the same time, back then, no one knew what worked and what didn't. So it was like leaping into the unknown a bit. So you had to be just as ballsy as you did now, even though we weren't going as big back then. And that's the same in downhill. Yeah, Yeah. exactly the same. It was it's, like, yeah. It's, it's uh, like, how, was, do you, uh, how do you judge? I don't know. I'd like to see some of these big free ride stars go I'd back and ride where we rode back on those bikes. Yeah. I, I think yeah. the equipment definitely made it sketchy as for us. But ultimately now, when it goes wrong, they're either going bigger or they're going faster. So I imagine the consequences can be a lot worse. You know what yeah, I mean? Right. Like that's, yeah. I mean, that's, that's sort of how it, it is. It is what it is, right? Like the human body's weight, $120 in chemicals, you're a big salty bag, and you can only take so much, right? Yeah. Sure. And, you know, the, the earth is always calling and the earth usually wins. <laughs> and so I guess how is your relationship with risk changed? Like what, at what point were you like, maybe this isn't what I want to do, like doing these big video parts and things like that? Well, I kind of lost the plot for a bit, and I disappeared, and I got heavily into drugs and alcohol, and I disappeared for five years. Is and that, is that, is that sort of, is that part, is that due to the success you were having as a, as a free ride man? Well, yeah, you I was said rich. The scene, <laughs> yeah, the scene, like, the scene was, was pretty loose back then, mate, wasn't it? You yeah, know, I mean, it was like, loose. We yeah. partied hard. And you got like, into drugs through partying, and then it went a bit yeah. too far. Is that yeah, sort of how it went? Too far, and you know, then. You know, like I had the world record at, at 20 feet and 25 feet. I, was, I, did a, I landed a 25 foot drop. Then Bender showed up. He landed a 32 foot drop. Then Wade went bigger than him. And then Cam Zink showed up. Wade and Simmons. With, uh, Matt names, Hunter. Man. Matt Hunter and Claw. And everyone started going bigger. And then all of a sudden, these guys were doing like, like nice flatty tables off big drops and spinning threes and doing backflips. And I'm like, I don't want to, I can barely even jump off a 25 foot cliff, let alone do a backflip uh, off it. It moved on. Like yeah, that. you know, yeah, and I yeah. wasn't the man anymore. So no. it was really tough for me. Yeah. And because it's nice to be the man when you're the man. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. We all went through it a bit. Yeah, yeah right. Sure. Finishing yeah. a downhill career. You know, yeah, that's yeah. right. It's, it's you know, it's mention like, it. <laughs> so that was tough for me to take. And, um, I, I, par I like to party hard And where anyways. was that? In Vancouver? Uh, in Callison, Vancouver, and Whistler, everywhere I went. Oh, oh, oh right on. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, you know, just moving on from that, um, 
I came back. I went to rehab. I got healthy. Came back. I've been sober for 14 years. Yeah. And, congratulations, uh, Tippy. Is that how long you've been sober yeah. for? Yeah. 14 years. Yeah. So when I was here 10 years ago, you were still quite fresh. Yeah, I was still you fresh. Still, right. Yeah. yeah. But at that point, I was so hungry because I'd missed five years. I was trying to prove that I still got it and get mm. back in the industry. I was doing the Squamish River Gap. I did some lines up here that no one will do. Me and Wade Simmons are the only You did some gnarly shit with me at Top of the World. You did a drop. In when the rain, it started raining. Lane, and I was like, I ain't riding down that. It was just like a vertical cocoon. And then we went around a bit further and you basically rode down a cliff in front of me. And I was, you know, I was 10 years ago. I was much better than I am now. And I was like, yeah, you're all right. You go on your, see you, Tippy, yeah. bye. Yeah, you remember you crashed all those rocks at the bottom? It was loose, mate. Yeah, it was, <laughs> no, I didn't crash. I wouldn't know it, but I tripod. But what I'm saying is I was super impressed, actually. Yeah. Even yeah. If I didn't and it on. started raining too. <laughs> And no one had done that in the rain. It started raining. And I was like, I'm going to do it anyways. Because like, Rob Dirty Business was filming. I'm like, I'm doing this. Okay, we have to stop there. What were you guys, because there is a story of you guys being together. You guys were filming Rob Dirty Business. And there was something you guys bought some bikes or something like that. Oh, well, that was the show after. That was the show after. I helped out a little bit, but no, it was uh, part two. Yeah, that was part two. <laughs> yeah. Of, of so we did a show where we went to the top, and um, uh, I showed Rob some gnarly lines, and then we downhill together just for fun down the top of the you world tell, trail. And on the way up in the chairlift, I won't forget that I didn't breathe or speak once because you consistently just told jokes. Oh yeah. <laughs> the rebel guys told me to do that. They told me to hammer the very jokes at you machine guns. To the top, I was just sat there like. Half and the I time crying like, laughter, half the time crying in pain. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, they're like, yeah, make him cry, hammer him with jokes. Can you do that? I'm like, I, I can didn't do that. know someone had told you. My God. <laughs> oh yeah, no, I, I was, I was, it was a setup. Funny yeah. <laughs> ass though, wasn't it? So then we went to Sushi Village, and I challenged you to a uh, Canada versus UK drinking contest. And we had to, oh, you had to do two glasses of beer, and I had to do two glasses of Red Bull, and I couldn't open my throat. Like I can stick my fist in my mouth. No, you can't. <laughs> Hey, like, open my throat. I can, can be you have a beer. in there or not? Hey? Can you, will that go in any further than that? Probably not much further than that, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, if you can actually swallow. Let me do it in your arm. Come here. <laughs> if you can swallow your hand off. Oh, yeah, so I can, I can just open my throat. And so um, you were sitting there finishing up with the hot sauce. And I'm like, you having fun, Rob? And you're like, I was. <laughs> it's funny. I actually have a gift for you from that, uh, from 10 years ago. What is it? So 10 years ago, you had a uh, rock star wig that you were partying in. Yeah. And um, I found it. And I brought it here. Oh, oh it was from, this one. From, oh, my. 10 years ago. Do that's I, the wig you had in Rob's Dirty Business. I feel obliged to put it on now. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do it like Petey style. Like that. Look at that. Seamless. So, there you go. You remember that? How does there wigs in the thing now? I don't know what's going on either, but oh, I'm just going to go well, with it. I didn't want to feel left out, so I brought one oh, for you. Yeah. Oh. Alex, here you go. This is the Molly yeah. Crew one. I've never had a mullet before. Yeah. And now uh, we're starting. Now we're really getting where yeah, we need to we're, be. Now we're getting in. Yeah. So good. I just didn't want you to feel left out. That looks good on you, bro. Whoa. Right? It goes with your eyes. Yeah. <laughs> it's good. Right? Oh my God. Yeah, this feel good, yeah. This man needs a guitar. <laughs> I feel much more confident all of a sudden. Right? Yeah. It brings out something and it gets people laughing. Yeah, I might start running. Yeah, one wig. thing that I've always wondered is. At what point did you want to get into like presenting and you know the video stuff? Like, oh. I feel like you've probably always been a talker. Yes, yeah. I, <laughs> my, my parents were talkers. I've always been a talker. I actually um, worked for CTV Sportsnet, the biggest sports channel in Canada. I did four years of World Cup snowboarding before okay. um, I came full time into the mountain bike world media side. And I did another four years of a free ride show called The Sacred Ride. And so I had eight years of you know, experience on camera. 
And so that when I came back from rehab and I got back into it, I knew how to present, I knew how to talk, I could memorize all the lines and the cues and everything, and I was just natural at it. And yeah. then I was asked to do uh, pink bike videos for Crankworks and do the daily reports. Ah, and that's and how you so, got into it a bit. Yeah, and as well, I started doing BC Cup Downhill and Canada Cup Downhill. And actually, one thing that I'm quite proud of is that all the young racers that come through and old racers and everybody, everyone who wanted category, I made them do a little word on the mic. Yeah. And so St young Stevie Smith, getting ready, getting yeah. 15 racer, up. I made him. Well, we young were, Jackson Goldstone, we were talking young about Finn this Isles, tippy. Magnus Manson, yeah, Mark like, Wallace. I've, they've all had experience on the mic talking. So by the time they got to you at World Cup, they've had experience on the mic. Well, thanks, Tippy. You know, yeah. Cody Coon, all thanks, of them. Thanks for media training. Right. Like, <laughs> it, was, it, it was actually like that. Like, I remember because, you know, I got my start here at Crankworks uh, as a downhill rider. Yeah. And like, I, people always ask me, like, oh, you know, how did you go and get into commentary and I'm like yeah as an athlete like you do some presenting and stuff like that and doing yeah. interviews and like it was it helped so much you're to always have a good you. interview you were a good interview I had yeah. a great interviewer so <laughs> <laughs> and so how do you see yourself now in the mountain bike world like what is do you think about having an impact do you just want to like doing what you love like, yeah I'm trying to have a good impact you're, you know I'm trying to make the world a better place um, I do a lot of things and I've got two kids to feed I've got an 11 year old and a 14 year old which has definitely calmed down my risk-taking um, attitude, you know, because you got two little people in the world and they don't care if you're a rock star, they want their dad, you know what I mean? And I've done a lot of gnarly things and I've got all the accolades I've wanted. Mate, I do gnarly things honest, for fun. Your life, the way you lived it, it is a miracle you're here. I know. <laughs> There's no, that actually, that's, you know, I mean, that's not just the riding, that's the other part of your lifestyle Everything. as well. Yeah, oh, you, yeah. yeah full you are. Full tilt, full yeah. tilt. You, yeah, you revved it hard for a long time, right? Right. And it's actually quite a relief to hear that you might have turned it in a touch now. Yeah, just really under bed, right? <laughs> well, it's good because you're still alive. And we like having you around. Well, do you know what the secret so, of life is? Huh? You know what the secret of life is? Here we go. Living. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you, well, you, right, yeah. Everyone you, grows uh, old, but not everyone grows up. That's good. Too. So I'm trying to balance true. that out. Yeah. yeah, you know. And so I do whatever I can to try and I make money for my family. Like I, I do some presenting. <laughs> I do some online video hosting. I do some coaching, some guiding. Um, you know, a brand ambassador. I just got signed on with Toyota, Maxxis, uh, yeah, YT the, Industries. You're the best like ambassador so, of all time. Yeah, I'm trying to you know provide some value and some entertainment and some information to the people. Have some fun doing it myself. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's a good time. So do you have a perfect day of riding now. I do have a perfect day, yeah. I, you know what I love about biking the best is, and you you can relate to this, I'm sure, you only have one chance to ride a trail for the first time, or a line. When you ride something and you rip it, you clean it, you make it, and you do it well, and you've never seen it before, that for me is like, is it? Yeah. Is that from dropping a line? You mean even just riding a trail was the same feeling yeah. as like a free ride line? You can line dial it in something. and figure it out and train on it and, and work all the nuances out and get better and better at it. But you'll never be able to ride that trail again for the first time. And if you ride it for the first time and you kill it, you're just like, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, well, good. That's what yeah. You, yeah, that's right. Yeah. So it doesn't take much, does it? You only need one thing that you love and you're there, I think. Right. That's it. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, like tacky soil. I like um, I like riding something for the first time when you do a first ascent that no one's ever done before. That feels cool because you're stepping into the unknown. You're pioneering something. And um, it's scary. But, you know, anyone who rides it thereafter, it's already been done. You did it. And so I've got That's different, right. Different yeah, you've seen how it's been around. done as well. Yeah. You know it's possible. Yeah. That's right, right though, isn't it? Yeah. It's true. It's, yeah. a, it's a point of pride. And it's, a, yeah. it's like scary. And it, you feel like a boss when you step into the unknown and you analyze and you take the risk and then you execute. You're just kind of like, wow. Feel like a caveman, you know. <laughs> <laughs>
look like what? cavemen today. To be, to be, he's a rock star. I don't know what that is. I don't know what that is. Hey, while we're on this subject then, and you are, as we as we said, a free ride god, one of the originals here in Canada, right? How does it feel now to see that kind of, fo- I would say that focus has changed. Mm. Not completely, but now you've got Jackson Goldstone leading the World Cup in the downhill. You've got Finn Isles in second place. You've got this kid Jacob Dewitt from Squamish winning Crankworks. Whistler Cody Kuhn here. leading the juniors. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Amongst others. like Seth Sherlock in the top five. Patrick it's just Laffey insane, in the top you know, but like you've so got, many. you have got, yeah, and that's also without like Gracie Hemstreet and the women. Gracie all Hemstreet. these riders coming up. I mean, Land in the U21 uh, EDR Enduro World Series. Yeah, and, and why World though? Cup. Because until until Stevie Smith won the overall World Cup in 2013, no Canadian really. There was a couple back in my day when I was racing, but no one of that level. Yeah, there was and Dustin did, Adams. Dustin Adams got a right. fourth in the Norba, and he got a uh, he got a. Yeah, he got third in Norba and fourth in a World Cup. That's right, he did. He was teammates for me on Giant. Right. Yeah, he was. <laughs> and then there's like, some Chandro. There was some. Um, but a sprinkle, yeah. but they weren't one, two in the, was the first World one to Cup, rock and roll they, the world, yeah. But you know, that's right. And is this? Are we seeing this? Are we seeing that Stevie Smith change things? Because ten years on from him winning that overall, now, you know, these riders are coming thick and fast in downhill from Canada. And you know, it's like before this, it was Seminuck, it was Brett Reader. Mm. It you know, it was not downhillers really, right. apart from Stevie. Is that? Is that? Yeah. Well, how do you feel about? the change can you see it oh you can totally see it it's happening there's yeah. waves of them you know i've been announcing all these young kids coming mm. through the canada cup mm. for years and i've seen them rise from u15 u17 sport up yeah to the yeah you know your expert pro and they're hungry and they're fast and they're training hard and they're having fun doing it and i was always wondering why there wasn't more canadians out there yeah we've got so many mountains yeah and so many people come from around the world here to ride and free ride but most of our best riders for a long time were just free riding. Yeah, they, they were just like free riding and they yeah. didn't have the focus or the money to go and train and, and, and get work do you think on their it was, speed. Do you think part of it is that, that free ride was just so big here in BC and like you say, to be big and down in, which wasn't here at all in 10 years ago. Right. Like you had to travel to, to Europe and stuff like that. I suppose yeah. that could yeah, be yeah, a factor, right? And yeah. then it's tough to go there and you're, you're on someone else's time schedule, you're jet lagged, you've got to like get you know, some some food and some lodging yeah, it's and different. stuff. It's and all right here. You're pissing about in the woods with your right. friends. No pressure, Everyone's like you said. Free, free ride's fun. Yeah. yeah, it was the movement, wasn't it? And I think a big change is uh, a guy named Stephen Exley created the Dunbar series and has really put a lot of money and effort into the Canada Cup and the BC Cup race circuit. And he's got a bunch of different circuits around that hold races. He's got champagne for the pros and the elites and the junior experts. He's got Canada Cup pop for the younger kids. And yeah. he makes a holy, really good race series with good taping, good courses, kind of gnarly maybe for the U15s, mm-hmm. but it's good for our, our mid-classes and our, and our pro elites. And so I think he's really helped downhill in Canada. It's mad. A guy named Stephen Exley. And he's a guy from Calgary who's like a downhill fan, and he's really created a really good circuit here that's like molded our young riders to make the world stage yeah. when they finally see you guys up there. Yeah, it's it's good to see, man, isn't it? There is like, yeah. And there's more coming. There's lots more in the woodwork that are like super fast. And people have had time to, you know, to search where they want to be a free rider, search where they want to be a racer. And there's now a small circuit for them, to, like I say, to train on. And then there's somewhere for them to go. And they've seen Stevie do it. They've seen Magus Manson do it. They've seen Mark Wallace do it. They've seen, of course, Jackson and Finn do it. And, and do you reckon Canada's out of the free ride game now? Because that is, I would say, looking at it, from, from where I'm sat a little bit outside, but it looks to be dominated really by Scandinavians now, mate. <laughs> right. well, and it was leading, but there's the, loads from behind right. it as well, right? Uh, that's in the slope style. And that's yeah, something that style, you can sorry, do not free ride, yeah. in, a mount, in a place where there's not so big mountains. It's more of an urban thing. Yeah. So they had like Tarek Rasuli, you know, come on and really create They spend the all winter in the dark in parks. Yeah, they're in parks and it's, it's in, in a way more like glorified BMX in a way. Yes. They're on mountain bikes, 26 inch tires, but 
here we got mountains, so we got our kids racing and free riding in the mountains. But you can go practice a bunch of tricks and work on your triple you so know, you tail don't whip see... with two spins with a windshield wiper and et cetera, et cetera. So you can have people from around the world be really good in that sport. But when it comes to big mountain, I think you need mountains to become good at big mountain. Yeah, do you? I just as I said there, I just noticed you didn't. You don't really count slope style as free ride then. I do. It's just another faction of it. It's another segment of it. You know, to me, free ride is anything that is where you're having fun. And even though you're competing, yeah, you know, I still think you can free ride and be in a competition. To me, free riding is still just going out and having fun. Mm. But you can compete in it. So the world, it just morphed into all these little tiny things that people, you know, can do and do well. And, and, I, and I accept all of it, but I really just dig free riding for fun. Yeah, I know you do. And I was going to ask you, what do you think about Rampage then? Because that has evolved hugely in the time you've been watching it and you know it's yeah. like it, it's come through now single crown forks winning you know bar spins are, are the norm the last right. two years it's been one not on a not at all in a big mountain fashion it's really the essence of rampage it was back in the day right wasn't it? it was it was it was raw and now it's yeah mm, it's it's, it's, it's much changed. more manicured it's, yeah much that's exactly the word well even yeah. for a point there they had tools they had man-made tools and jack carrying the mountain apart now they're allowed like what is it 60 sandbags yeah and uh two diggers yeah and you have only so many days so you have a, a limited amount to, to create your line so it's can we only be it, it keeps a bit of the rawness in it when i competed in rampage it was a few stones out of the way like i say <laughs> yeah and send it and there's bushes and stuff and i had people on the course like drinking and like move 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 and people running out of the way and it was raw it i was, was raw. there when bender won with that no when bender when kyle won yeah with the no the suicide yeah on the bender, bender, center. bender yeah. had just gone off it and basically he, <laughs> yeah, as soon as he left the lip he just disposed of his bike <laughs> and, right. and free fell about 60 feet to his i'd never seen anything like it. right yeah that, uh, was, he's that a was pretty wild mate. that was yeah that was yeah. a while ago huh? yeah that was a while ago yeah bender he's uh really pushed it you know, a lot of people just give him credit for sending it and crashing, but he's landed some big ones too. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. And people don't give him credit for those because it takes guts. And he was into it. He's doing a thousand push ups a day. What? Oh, yeah. He was Josh like a Bender little, was. oh, yeah. He was like a little ball <laughs> of muscle. And I saw him try the jaw right. drop for the first time. I lent him my uh, monster tees to do the jaw drop, which was like, I don't know, 45, 50 feet. It was huge. Yeah, pretty and, much uh, flat. <laughs> I don't know when this comes out, but I just saw someone else try it and make it. Oh, wow. And I can't talk about that yet. Because when does this come out? Ah, you better not say. Uh, three, four weeks? Oh, there's four weeks from now? Yeah. Okay, then Brage Vesevic stomped the jaw drop. You'll see it. In, <laughs> that thing's for free. And uh, this is top secret. Don't tell anybody in real life, but he went back and hit it. It hasn't been hit in 22 years. Wow. It's massive. I filmed it from the same spot. It I hasn't been Josh. hit in 22 years. Josh hit it once. Wow. Uh, for, for New World Order 1, he crashed. He came back the next summer. He hit it the second time, the third time, the fourth time. He crashed all four times. And no one's tried it since. Well, it's no huge. one. So this Wild. is the first time it's ever been landed by Braga. First time it's ever been attempted again. And that's uh, how big it. was it? No one's crazy. in it for 22 years. Well, it's not that's, that it's big. They've gone uh, bigger at Rampage and bigger in different free ride edits, like a little bit bigger. But it's kind of a flat landing. Yeah. And it's soft. Yeah, and yeah, sandy. yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, and yeah. it's like, and then you got to turn around this little bush, and it's just, it's just like, so it sounds like deal. Yeah, it sounds like something. No wonder right? anyone do it. Yeah. yeah, it's something you don't really want to do unless you think you can do it. And he thought he could do it, and he did it. No, why? Yeah, it was sick. I told him on the way up. I said, I basically saved the day if I have to blow my own horn. Do, 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 that when we got there, I said, dude, you have to land this twice. He's like, what? I go, I know you've done a lot of big airs. Brock Vesevic, he's an animal. I said, you're going to have to land this twice. I've done a lot of airs into sand and on a board and on a bike. You're going to land and you're going to go, and you're going to load energy and you're going to bounce. It's not like a big rampage landing where you're like, 
in, in, in the steep landing, right? You're gonna land, you're gonna bounce, and then you gotta land it a second time. And he's like, okay, okay. And then he says, I don't think I have enough air in my tires. I need, I need some more air. So Westland brought a pump up. They went to put more air in his tire. The air leaked out. He didn't have enough air in his tires as he, as he began with, and they couldn't do it. And they're like, the sun's going down, everyone's oh, there. He flew yeah. over from, from uh, Norway, and they're like, oh, we're done, we're done. And I'm like, I brought a pump out of my backpack. Ah! <laughs> the old Ergon backpack to the rescue, and I brought the pump, they pumped up his tire, and then Derek Westland's pumping his tire. Derek Westland, who made all the new World Order movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm yeah. like, hey, Braga, you must be a big deal when you got Derek Westland pumping your tires. <laughs> So we did that. Sick guy, huh? So I saved yeah. the day, I think, there. Once by telling him, like, you're going to land twice. You have to land it twice. I got the pump for the air, and then he did it. And he got to the bottom, and his ankle, his right ankle went. No And just why. blew right up. No and way. then Western came down, and they're talking to him, and he's sitting there, and they had their back to the slope. And he, when he landed, he blew the GoPro off his helmet and his oh, fender. Oh, it was a nice, smooth landing. Like, yeah, yeah, right. Really gentle, right? It was just so gnarly. <laughs> Holy t- blew the GoPro off his head. Right. So someone's looking for it. All of a sudden, this rock came bouncing down the hill about this size, like baseball size, and it was going right in the back of Westerland's head. It was coming towards Brage. It was coming towards me. And then it kind of pinballed right behind Westerland's head. I grabbed a shovel and put it on like a hockey goalie, and it went bang right in front of Westerland. I saved his life. <laughs> Yeah. You had it super, in fact. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was crazy. Tippy, this I never had been... you down as a, as a such a Samaritan. A, a yeah, saint. right. This has been such a wait. Cool... I have to give you guys a test. We can't be done okay, yet. Okay, I want okay. to do this. Oh, test. just Robin waiting yeah, for this bit. So this I, is the BC test. test. We get a test. Okay, so I'm gonna do some animals here. Hang on, I can. Wolf. So we've got to identify. Did you say wolf? Yeah, yeah. it's a wolf. You are correct. Where so wolf. here we go. So just one more time. Yep, that's oh, Wolf. You're that's right. There's okay. no one else in Next. this building today. <laughs> um, Tomcat. Bobcat. Bobcat. Uh, cheetah. BC animals. BC. Right. Oh. Bear. No, no, no. Uh, you, were, you were close. Pan- Panther. Cougar. Mountain cat. Cougar. Mountain lion. Mountain lion. Okay, you guys get half a point. Okay. Okay. This is a hard one. Okay, Ken. That wasn't you yesterday morning after a big <laughs> night out, was it? It's a it's a very big animal. That is very big. A, a condor. No, like a, a BC animals, Elliot. Oh, I don't know. Go, I, go again. <laughs> Grizzly. No. It's not a bear. No. Has like it got a, four legs? Four legs. Some sort of and antlers. Oh. It's a moose. Yes. No way. Okay. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Uh, in the yeah crowd they took it four times. Uh, no, no points. <laughs> Okay, next animal. Bear. Yes. Is that what a bear sounds? Yeah. Grizzly or black? Uh, that's a grizzly bear. Wow. Right. One, there was one by the start of the downhill. How many? They filmed wait, it. Really? You have like fifty. Of- oh, oh no, no, I got, I got ten. Right. Oh, those are uh, coyotes. Yes. Next. Oh, it's a turkey. Yes! Oh, you guys are doing good, actually. I'm, I'm coming back. Oh, uh, an owl. Yes! I'm coming back. Okay. I'm coming back. All right. I'm coming back. It's in the game. You guys are tied right now. Who's going to win? Oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, e- uh, eagle. Yes! He's in the lead. I'm coming. I'm, I'm feeling it now. I'm Next feeling one? it now. I'm not having this. Raccoon. Not a raccoon. Uh, a duck. Yes! What's that one? I'm 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 insane. What yeah. was that one? It's a duck. A duck. Obvious. 
I think it was actually a tie between you. You might have taken it at the end. I think he surged ahead. I feel like we should end on that. I don't think we can't. There's no coming back. Move your mouth to the animal. Move your mouth to the animal. Here you go. Move your mouth to the animal. Here you go. A meme move face? It's always going to descend into chaos. Luckily, it took a lot longer than we thought. Tipper, you're a ledge, mate. So good being amazing having you in here. I love you guys. Thanks for having me on the show. Thanks for coming. Come to DC, come to Whistler, come hang out with us, come ride. And hopefully, ride with the guys. This has been super fun. What a mic. Yeah, boys. See you on Rebel TV. Did that live up to expectations? That was that was probably one of the most interesting conversations I've ever had. Yeah, that's right. He is uh, he just has so many stories. I think when you first hear Tippy, you kind of think, oh, you know, he's a bit all over the place, a little bouncing off the walls. Yeah, <laughs> to say the least. But as soon as you can hear him kind of he has this little switch where he kind of digs into it yeah. and he's thought about stuff really deeply. It's, well, yeah. It's super fascinating like, to hear him he's talk about- He's super clever, isn't he? Yeah. Like, like he's had old... his issues in life. There's no doubt about that. But he has himself and only himself come through it all. And he yeah, went deep, you know, he he's did. come back. Yeah, for sure. And mountain biking sort of did save him, which yeah. I know sounds a bit cheesy, yeah. but it's absolutely true. Well, to be like on, t- on top of the world, you know, to start a movement, snowboarding right. i didn't yeah. know about all of that and then to to have this valley in the middle of your life and then now to be the person he is to be like so happy to be this like beloved character in mountain biking is super cool you don't get much more canadian mountain biker the brett tippy and he had his issues in life but the best thing is the good thing is is that he's here as large as life as ever he survived <laughs> it's true and he's here he's here yeah, you know and i love him true. i love tippy man he is what he is he's a cool dude he's he real is. he's about as real as it gets he is the yeah. best yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that's right thank you everyone we're really glad that you enjoy, enjoyed the podcast so much so far and you can always hit us up at podcast at redbull.com or shoot us a line on our socials Absolutely. And don't forget, there's a new episode of Just Ride every other Tuesday. And if you want to see us and not just listen to them, the full-length episodes are on redbull.com and Red Bull TV. We will see you next time.